Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hello and welcome to Drive and Double Feature Podcast. I'm Nathan. I'm Dracula. Oh, we're going we're going spooky this <laughs> for Halloween. It is October 31st. It is the Tuesday edition. We actually get to do a Halloween episode for everybody. But before we get into that, this is the podcast where we talk about two movies a week every Tuesday and Thursday and we have a Patreon and just for $5 a month, you can help support the show and you get a bunch of bonus content with that. But yeah, happy Halloween everybody. Happy Halloween, Ryan. <laughs> Happy Halloween, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I wanted to hear. <laughs> so you you're getting I I can I could see in the background you got your candy bowls all ready to go. Yeah. I'm, got, de- <laughs> I'm definitely not sitting in front of a blank wall. <laughs> you got you you've got your uh, copy of The Fury about to play like oh, while, yeah. while the trick-or-treaters are coming to the door. Yeah, when I do first doorbell rings, I hit play and then it's like okay, now we're running for the rest of the night. Uh, well, you, you hit stop every time the trick or treaters leave, and then when the new kids come, then you hit play. Wow, yeah, and that's I barely get anywhere into that movie, but I show all the good parts. Yeah, the shirtless Kurt Douglas. Scenes. Could you imagine opening someone's door and then they get mm-hmm. spoiled at the ending of the Fury, like him <laughs> throwing himself off the roof? What? No. <laughs> I was about to go watch that when I was done trick or treating. Not the 1978 Brian De Palma classic, no. <laughs> no. Uh, but today we are actually talking about some classics. So, just as we said on Thursday at the end of the show, we actually went to the drive in um, to see a monster movie marathon and we saw Dracula, Frankenstein, and Bride of Frankenstein at the drive in in the car. Ah. At a drive-in, we actually went to a we drive-in. Actually, went to a drive-in. It only took over two hundred episodes, but we finally got here. And I think it was probably the perfect set of movies that we could do. I it was definitely worth it. I was I've been I've been looking forward to this for a long time, and mm-hmm. uh, it paid off. But yeah, to- totally agree. Um, no, and I mean it, the experience was really fun. I, we both have been to the drive-in before, but I think it had been. A little bit for both of us. Mine a little bit longer. And the last one you saw was Minions. Sorry <laughs> yes. to say that to our audience, but uh, but yeah, you know, it, it was just nice being back. Um, a lot of the things I remember, like people's headlights coming on, blinding the screen for a second every once in a while. It's a part of the mood. Yeah, I mean, I don't really i. <laughs> I was wondering what was going on because there was a, definitely a car in front of us that <laughs> yeah. was they would just randomly just their their tail lights would come on and just blind us. Yeah, and, and that was that got really annoying. Uh, luckily, 
I noticed that happened a lot during Dracula, but once we got the Frankenstein, it started to happen a lot less. Um, you know, it was surprising uh, when we first got there. It wasn't that busy, but it ended up being a good turnout. There was a good amount of cars there. And there was even an attendant wearing the Invisible Man costume. And he was very, uh, <laughs> he was very uh, particular about how you parked your car. Yes, because uh, I guess we didn't park the car correctly and we had to move it right next to the line. Um, and uh, he said that to multiple people. And I guess it makes sense for the amount of people that were there. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but um, the funniest part was there was uh, a couple that they parked wrong, and he went over there, and he was trying to get their attention, but they they just, like, totally ignored him. And <laughs> He didn't even tap the window or anything. He was just kind of, no. like, little waves at him through the window. Like he, like, he was trying to stand next to, like, the driver's side window, then he was, like, standing in front of the car, and mm-hmm. just... They didn't care and he's just like oh I, I guess i guess they're parked this way yeah i guess so we could have kept our spot if we just didn't say anything if we just ignored him yeah we could have been good yeah no i thought that was pretty funny but i mean i think overall the experience is pretty good um the screen qual the, the sorry the projector quality was actually surprisingly nice even if it was a little cut off, a little the aspect ratio was a little odd at points. Um, Nathan was furious when he saw that. I was. I, I it was a little cut off on the bottom. <laughs> I, I can't can't stand it. And then for whatever reason, Frankenstein, when that started with the dude, you know, he's like, oh, you know, want to warn you about this one? It had like giant black bars on top on the top and bottom of it. Well, that's. That was his, uh, they were just letting you know this is not a part of the movie. This is your last chance to leave. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we actually didn't watch Bride of Frankenstein because of that. We, yeah, we peeled out. I said, no, I don't want to see it. <laughs> yeah. No. So actually, our battery died. So we had to stay and watch. Um, so <laughs> it sucked. Um, but no, the, yeah, it, it was a good experience. We've seen all three of these movies, right? You've seen all three of them before. Yeah. I've seen all of them. Yeah. Um. So they did play them in release order. So we did get to watch Dracula first. You know, it's the 1931 movie directed by Todd Browning and mm-hmm. starring uh, Bela Lugosi as Dracula. And mm-hmm. um, I I remember being aware of the movie for a really long time. Um. Again, like I was. I mean, when I was younger, I remember they used to play these movies on TV, like on Halloween. And mm-hmm. I don't we would not do that anymore. I think we talked about that. <laughs> yeah, I was I was trying to think like I don't I don't even think because I think it would be on like AMC or something like the equivalent or whatever that was at the time mm-hmm. when I was a kid. So um, I remember seeing bits and clips of it, but I'd never had like actually sat down and saw the whole thing. And I eventually i had watched uh dracula dead and loving it uh the leslie nielsen movie so i got uh-huh. the pretty much the gist of dracula from that so yeah yeah isn't that i think that's pretty funny <laughs> but then i when i was older uh probably i think when i was i must have been in college because i think i think we talked about this i think it was on netflix for Mm-hmm. a period of time and i think i remember watching it there 
Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly how I watched it. I watched it on Netflix probably sometime in high school. Um, and I, you know, I'd always been aware of these movies, but um, I it wasn't till late in life that I watched them. Um, you kind of know Dracula, you know Bela Lugosi, hear about these things, but I guess I never got around to it. And but when I finally did, I remember not loving it and when i rewatched it this time this is my second time watching it i liked it more but i rem- i can understand why i didn't like this one as compared to the other ones it's funny though because it, you know it's like it's seen as this very iconic movie but it's a very understated movie it's very <laughs> it really like, is that's <laughs> they a lot of talking scenes i mean the visuals in the in the movie are great. I mean, the oh, yeah. scene where uh, Dwight Fry's character Renfield shows up mm-hmm. and he's walking the castle grounds, and we're getting a lot of that. I mean, that stuff is great. But I mean, there's a lot of scenes where it's just they're just talking, like they're just like, oh yeah, like have you heard about this uh, vampire thing? Oh yeah, I want you know, and they just <laughs> they're just explaining like the rule, like the vampires, and then Van Helsing shows up and he's. You know, like they become aware of that Dracula is a vampire in the movie, and then it's not like this big shocking reveal. It's just kind of like, oh, okay, well, you know who I am, what I am now, and you know, I'm gonna, I'm still going to kill your daughter. And like, <laughs> yeah, it's very like, and nobody's really, it, you know, in most movies, people would be terrified, running around scared. They they're very just like, oh, well, we're gonna have to take care of them, so we're gonna wait around and try to figure out when to do it. And I mean, even Bela Lugosi, you know, like my idea would be like, oh, I'm found out. I got to run away. And he's like, no, I'm just going to stay here. I'm going to stick around. Well, yeah. So they're, he's really he's really targeting this one girl, Nina. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, uh, he's trying to turn her and make her one of his wives because that's the thing. Dracula has like all these wives and mm-hmm. he's trying to turn her into a wife and the thing I was wondering though, I'm just like, why he's because he arrives in England because they start out in the movie starts in Transylvania and then he goes to England and then he's just so hyper focused on this like one girl. And I'm like, you've got the entire country. There's so many women in the United Kingdom, and this one he has to live in the uh mental asylum and uh you know, he he's the equivalent of a creepy stalker, except he's also a vampire. <laughs> Yeah, and he, you know, he loves to stare at people. Yes, he does with some cool lights on his eyes. Um, yeah, and I mean, if there's one thing that's really good about this movie, it's Bela Lugosi. He's awesome in this role. I mean, it's been stated a million times, but he he really brings that performance like really high up. I mean, it's pretty crazy when you think about it that a man who. <laughs> like his one performance has just set like the tone of like, like anytime you see anyone doing a, a, a Dracula impression, it's him. And, <laughs> yeah. and this, they model all the co- costume. I mean, cause uh, what was it? Nosferatu. Nosferatu was just like this bald, like elf, like, elf yeah. looking thing. And this one, you know, he's got the slick back hair and everything mm-hmm. with like, with the cape, you know, it looks like real, classic gentleman and that's mm-hmm. now how everyone sees dracula yeah exactly and I, I think that's part of like the power of this movie 
Um, even he doesn't say I want to suck your blood, which is a little no. Yeah, which is a little. I, I think. I think they should. I think he should have. I, I maybe that was like an improv line, and they cut it out. <laughs> yeah, they should add it in, like CG deep fake him saying that in all future releases. They probably um, could. Oh, they would too if they if enough people ask for. I hate that I put that out into the world, even. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm waiting for them when it's like during like the Halloween season. Like, you remember they did all those like direct TV ads where it's like they did like the like they recreated scenes from movies and they got they got like the actors to come back. I'm yes, like, I wonder, yeah. I wonder when we're going to be at that point when they're just like, oh, you should sign up for direct TV. <laughs> yes, I I would love that. Um, no, I wouldn't. I know. <laughs> There's a certain point like where you reach like a really weird spot. But I mean, we've been doing that since Rogue One and uh, bringing dead actors back to life. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's fine. Just bring them all back. Why not? Why not? They ca- they're not here to say no, right? They're dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I guess their families don't. Uh, they... <laughs> but no, I mean, Dracula, like you said, understated surprisingly slow for a movie that's only an hour 10 minutes because like not a lot happens it's a lot of talking a lot of it's a lot of mood building i won't say it's super strong with the mood but um i just think it's just a neat movie a really cool piece of history like 1931 like what they were doing like an early sound movie i think it's doing some really cool stuff i you know and i think yeah, I think a lot of it too is especially the ending where you're just. I, it's surprising how how much how much off screen happens like with the ending where mm-hmm. just their big plan was let's just follow Dracula and see where he goes. Yeah, that ending <laughs> is so like, and Dracula he doesn't try to move his coffin somewhere new. Nothing. He's just like, well, I hope I don't die tonight. <laughs> well, he they he knows. I think he's aware that he's being followed too, mm-hmm. and then he. And then he jumps in the coffin and then they're like, oh, here's Dracula. Uh, let's go find a, a stake. Okay, let's go get a rock. And <laughs> yeah. Bam, and bam, he's dead. Right. Yeah. And and it's off screen. And then the final shot is like the couple walking up the stairs and it says the end. And I remember saying like, man, I wonder how many people in here have never seen this before and like angry at this ending. <laughs> You know, I, there's got, there's had to be some people that were just like, what the hell? Like that, like, that's the big deal that everyone's talking about. Yeah. Right. I, I can imagine like, this is it. I, I think, you know, for a first time horror movie watcher, I think the next couple movies were definitely a little bit, um, a little bit more iconic or like a little more, um, I guess what you would expect out of a movie like this. Yeah, and mm-hmm. there was definitely uh, there wasn't a ton of cars, but there was definitely like three or four cars. Were just like, that's what I want. I'm out. I'm out. And they just started I, leaving. I watched Dracula. I'm out of here. Or yeah. they're so mad they left. Could you ask for a refund for a almost 100 year old movie? <laughs> Nobody told me that was going to be in the movie. Is that really how that one ends? Like you, you guys forgot the rest of the movie. There's the where's the big bloody scene? Yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, they cut that one out. It was there, but they had to cut it out. I did notice Dwight Fries in all three of these movies, and I think this is his best performance out of all of them as a uh, as Renfield. He is insane. The makeup they cake on him, he, he's great. 
Oh, I mean, he almost steals the show. Seriously, yeah. He every time he was on screen, he's he's such a presence, and like, uh, it, it just brings a smile to your face because it's just a just a big performance. Oh yeah. So, would you give Dracula a recommend? Would I? Would I? Yeah, of course. I I would recommend it. I mean, go in knowing what we said about this movie, but I still think it's a very important movie to see. Contextualize, yeah. I yeah. You know, like like I said, don't expect like this big big horror movie with all these scares and everything. But if you want to see the influence of future horror movies, it's it's a great one. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on into the second movie of the night after a, I think it was like a 10 minute black screen interlude. It's intermission. Rise and stretch time. Time to refresh yourself and visit our snack bar. Got a yen for hot popcorn? Your favorite soft drinks are sparkling cold. The juicy Frank sizzling hot. There's delicious coffee freshly brewed and all kinds of ice cream and candy to tempt you. Showtime will be announced loud and clear to get you back to your car in time. So stretch your legs. Come to the snack bar now. Oh, yeah. that, that's something I have to say about it. The one thing that was really sad about the drive-in were that there were no drive-in ads, no let's go to the lobby, no hot dog trying to cook himself cartoon. No. Yeah, it was just ads like you see on streaming. I thought it would have been kind of fun if they maybe had done like maybe something during the intermission. I mean, I guess they were using that time to maybe switch over like yeah. to the different movies. So maybe that's why. But like I would have liked to have had a little more aesthetic where, you know, where they maybe mm-hmm. did like old movie tra- or like old trailers from like the 30s or something or yeah something like that would have been kind of fun but you know what do i know i don't own a theater yeah exactly you don't own it and if you were to comment on it i, I would yell at you if i owned the theater oh yeah i would yeah. i would definitely rage at you <laughs> and yes. if you wrote a negative review yes of course yeah um but you know we we did get to watch frankenstein which was released the same year as dracula this one I also hadn't seen in a little bit, but definitely it was a little fresher in my mind than Dracula. And this one, once again, is just the Frankenstein movie we all know and love. Boris Karloff as Frankenstein's monster. You mean the question mark? He's Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, did you stay for the after credits? Uh, it did. Oh, the, the post credits scene? Yeah, the post credit scenes where, where it reveals that it was Boris Karloff. <laughs> But yeah, that was my question when I saw it because the credits do have him at the monster as a question mark. I was like, is Boris Karloff uncredited in this role? But in the post credits, as I I will say it, they do reveal who it was. Yeah. Well, I I really enjoyed this one. You know, Mm -hmm. I think James Wales, uh, who directed this one, you know, he he really did a great job with uh, this one and the sequel. But um there's so much more going on in Frankenstein compared to Dracula. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot more uh, livelier film. And I think a lot of that has to do with uh, Colin Clive, the man that plays Frankenstein, not, not the monster. Oh, he plays Frankenstein. Oh, Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah. And he plays a mad scientist, you know, and he does the whole, you know, it's alive, it's alive. And mm-hmm. uh, there's so many, uh, 
moments in there that you know he he uh, he helps uh, bring life to the movie. I feel like. Oh yeah, he's fantastic in this movie. He's really because I mean the movie is really built off of him. Um, you know the the monster. Um, he's only in the movie for like the last half, and once again, this is a seventy minute movie. So Colin Clive here really has to like build up the character, build up his obsession with getting body parts and building up this monster. And uh, no, he he's absolutely like excellent. And I think I even said it when we watched it that scene where he makes the monster that iconic, like uh, it's alive. It's alive. That whole bit. Amazing scene. Like seeing it on the drive-in was so cool and it's so well shot. Um, Yeah. James well really had like an eye for like interesting angles, interesting sets because the sets are really cool in this one. The mad scientist set. I love, I love how dark it looks that window. It's like German expressionism, as you said. (laughs) yeah it's caligari all yeah, over caligari caligari right there but no it is true it has a very distinct really cool look to it yeah i mean even like the dungeon scenes like because the, the movie does take place in a castle and mm-hmm. there's like dungeon scenes where the monsters kept in there and everything and just like the lighting of how it hits and everything it looks really good yeah um like thinking about it in my head you know what as far as plot goes it's not maybe it doesn't have as many um notable scenes as dracula is but like as far as like telling you like this happened and then this happened and then this happened this one has a little less structure to it but i would say it's a more interesting movie throughout i think it does a good job of keeping good pace and everything well, I mean, the, the first half, you know, it's pretty, it's like a philosophical question, you know, mm. like, can can a man play God and create his own version of man? Yeah. And, you know, that's what he's kind of setting out to do. And, you know, everyone's kind of saying how mad he is. And then even like how the movie opens is really good because the movie opens with a funeral mm-hmm. and, and then immediately um, they, uh, they grave rob and they, they're just taking out what the bits they want for uh, for their monster. Mm-hmm. And uh oh, his his buddy, not Igor. It's Fritz in this one, <laughs> but Fritz there uh, grabs the abnormal brain, or as you remember in the uh, Young Frankenstein, Abby Normal. Um, which is you know, it's fun. I think I think that's part of the fun of watching this is if you've seen Young Frankenstein, I think it adds like a fun layer to it. Yeah, well, I mean. The, the jar clearly says abnormal. <laughs> abnormal. Yeah. And presumably now he did give the jar to Frankenstein and mm-hmm. either that or he just like took the brain out of the jar or Frankenstein just blatantly ignored that it says abnormal on there. Because yeah. he's unaware that it's abnormal because later in the movie he goes, oh, he stole that brain from your office. And the college professor was like, the only one that was stolen was the abnormal brain. And, uh, and, he, and he, he's so shocked. I think he calls it a criminal brain. And it's like, yeah, he, he was a criminal. So, so that means he's going to be all messed up. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, if you put a criminal's brain in somebody else's head, you're automatically going to be a criminal. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. It's just the way it works. <laughs> um, but I, I was surprised. There was one really dark scene where... Um, 
Fritz there, he, uh, Frankenstein kills him and he's hanging by his neck in the shot, like in the background. And I was like, wow, that's really dark for the time. I was surprised by that one. And Frankenstein gets whipped with a whip at one point. Well, yeah, and this is all pre-code era. Yes. So yeah. that this is uh, movies were not heavily censored or like they had to follow these certain guidelines. Mm-hmm. So uh, they they could be a lot more darker and uh, more violent. Yes. Yeah. And it definitely has moments like that. But Fra- like the scene, the Frankenstein scene where he throws the little girl into the lake and she instantly drowns yeah i that one's a little <laughs> odd to me um because i remember watching that um and when i was younger because i remember that scene was on tv mm-hmm. when uh when and i remember seeing that at one point um and he throws a little girl into the water and at, he doesn't even throw her like hard or whatever and it's like they're still like on the bank of the of the water so mm-hmm. unless there's just like no like shallow end or anything like it's just like a straight pit drop <laughs> like in the in the water i mean she just she never comes back up so i'm assuming she can't swim but when i saw it when she was younger i thought he like threw her so hard like <laughs> she just died from like the yeah. impact i guess maybe like my way of maybe rationalizing is she hit her head or something and like that's what like happened on the way down it's definitely like a weird one but that's what kind of starts frankenstein the mon frankenstein's Oops. monsters terror across the village and uh, I, I actually forgot about the sections where that are set like in a german village and they actually get all the people together and frankenstein comes in and like um and like the whole i remember the windmill of course but i just remember frankenstein leading the group of people in the mountains and everything and i thought those were really cool scenes especially the one where the the girl's father is carrying her dead body through the middle of this german village once again another really dark moment yeah this movie has a lot more um town scenes and i i was actually really impressed of like the like i'm i'm assuming it was a real town they went to but yeah there's a lot there's like the town, like you get more feeling of the town and everything. Cause like they have like a little scene where they like do their little party or whatever. Like they do like a big dance scene. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they, uh, they start leading the charge and they get all, they get the torches and they, uh, they go after the monster. Yep. Yeah. And the ends in the giant windmill fire scene that I think looks great. Um, Dr. Frankenstein gets thrown out and breaks his back on the windmill, but he's okay. <laughs> yeah, well, they, he throws a dummy out the window and it hits one of the, the blades of the windmill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, there's the other scene too I wanted to mention where it was uh, Frankenstein is meeting his fiance because that's like one of the big uh, moments of the movie where he really wants to marry this girl and mm-hmm. uh, She's freaking out and everything. And he's like, you stay in this room. He locks her in the room. Oh, yeah. Because the monster's on the loose and he wants her to be safe. So he locks the door. But the, the monster just climbs in anyway. Yeah. And just imagine giant Frankenstein going through the window. He does it very sneakily. She does not notice till the last You moment. mean Frankenstein's monster. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah and trust me i'm gonna keep messing this up for the rest of the episode i'm sorry people 
He's Frankenstein. It's fine. Okay. Oh, this was a sting operation. I was going <laughs> to see if you're going <laughs> to allow it and look at you. You allowed it. You take away this man's movie cred. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think once again, another really short movie, but uh, this one's really good. I think this one's a very high recommendation. Yeah, this one. Um, the other one, you know, it's more Dracula is more like historical uh, mm-hmm. context of like, hey, you should probably watch this. This one's like, no, this one's actually pretty good. I, 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 I think this one's like a one you'd watch. Yeah. Um, well, then moving into the final movie that we watched, I, I'm trying to think, did people leave after Frankenstein? I think a good amount of people still stayed. Right. There was a couple I think I saw, but not not too many. But uh, one thing too I want to add uh, for the night was uh, <laughs> uh, the the movie. You know, it's a drive-in, so there's two screens. So yeah. <laughs> Taylor Swift was like playing like yes. behind us, and we we finished two movies before the Taylor Swift movie ended. <laughs> it was crazy. We got up and like I look back and yeah, there was Taylor Swift performing still. I was like, wow, that is insane how long that movie is. And um, we only got to see the beginning of The Exorcist, which was the movie that played right after that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not not the old Exorcist, the new Exorcist. Right. The better one. Yeah, of course. Those movies just got better and better. Well, yeah. it, except for the third one. Um, but <laughs> speaking of getting better and better, Bride of Frankenstein. Bride of Frankenstein was next, and that one came out four years later in 1935. But a lot of people returning. Boris Karloff is back. Colin Clive is back, and the director James Whale is back as well. And it feels like just a return to form, and just doing it even better. This one. I love it because it's still a classic horror movie like the other one, but still has that early Hollywood charm to it because it allows itself to be silly as well. I, one thing I it's it's uh, I want to say is that even though it's it's only been four years, it's like it's like year it's like almost like a decade mm. has passed by because yeah, um, it just in terms of quality and like I guess just the evolution of film and like new mm-hmm. techniques that they've been able to accomplish and everything. It's it's a much different experience because yeah. it's a it's a very lively movie, um, mm-hmm. and there's just a lot more dynamic uh, like camera angles and mm-hmm. scenes like that. And I to me, it's just like. And the amount of time is just crazy how much quality has increased in that short yeah. amount of time. And I think it's a sound thing because uh, 1931 was still very early for sound movies. And then in four years, they kind of figured out how to like, because, you know, cameras were really loud. And I think they figured out how to make cameras quieter, how they could get more dynamic angles. And um, something I even noticed and brought up was like there's music in the background the other two movies didn't really have music outside of the intros this one had music going almost through the whole movie to fit the mood so yeah it's just like completely different like a like a more um, I guess standard movie you'd expect to see um, it, and this one I forgot some of the crazy stuff that happens in this movie um i love the intro it's actually one of my favorite movie intros that 
Mary Shelley, played by Elsa Lancaster, who also plays the Bride of Frankenstein. She shows up and she inter- she like is just talking and is like and the, the two her two brothers are like, oh, I can't believe a woman could write about something so dark and evil. And she's just like, well, it's it's not over yet. So I, I don't know. I think that's a fun way to start your movie. Yeah, it's it kind of sets the tone like hey woman made woman wrote this book like <laughs> yeah like, just so i'm like yeah they women can write horror too which you know in the 30s i'm sure people are like they can't do that yeah so, it, exactly so it's like a fun like power thing but um, um what i the movie picks up immediately where the last one left off because mm-hmm. you know frankenstein and the first one the monster got burnt up in the uh, windmill and that's mm-hmm. how the movie ends you know thinking he died but then he comes out from the uh, rubble of the windmill and immediately kills two people yeah and these ones i mean we're post code right and still like the she the the one just one dude gets killed but it's like really brutal Oh no! It's the woman that gets thrown mm-hmm. down and like, like kind of like the windmill like fall, except she actually just dies on her fall down. Yeah, she she gets thrown, and then you just immediately see her body like hitting, <laughs> hitting like the stone at the bottom. Yeah, so, and I guess a- um, I I do want to say this movie was censored by the Hayes Code too. There there was stuff in the script cut out and everything. So this this was a censored movie. Yeah, it's uh. But you know, it, it's not really that noticeable. I mean, there's a uh, there's a lot more uh, subtext in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of, um, it, you know, so like I said before, you know, it's kind of like this thing where they portray Frankenstein that uh, to be in like he's trying to play like he's God. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of like an allegory that Frankenstein the monster is kind of like Jesus, and like there's even a there's even like a scene where he, he basically gets crucified because he gets put yeah. on like this this big pole looking thing because the townspeople corner him and they tie him to like a pole and they mm-hmm. uh, they move him around that way. Yeah, it, this move this one does a really good job of making you sympathize with Frankenstein, like because it, this is this one definitely goes into Young Frankenstein where um, he meets a blind man at one point and the blind man of course can't see him. And he thinks that Frankenstein is just uh, a mute or maybe just dumb. And he actually teaches Frankenstein a few words, how to speak, and they get a connection. Frankenstein cries at one point. And I, I was really surprised. I was like, wow, I really feel bad for this character right now. And Boris Karloff well, knocks it out of the park. Yeah. And I mean, that one, that scene with him and the blind man, it's uh it's actually one like one of my favorite scenes in a movie ever yeah Yeah. like great and because it's just such like a really sentimental scene because uh the monster has never been shown any form of kindness before it's either been like fear or abuse of some sort so he's Mm -hmm. never really like known that people can be nice Mm -hmm. and um he's like the blind man has like been like the one guy that hasn't like tried to like scream or anything like that and when he shows him that sympathy and just teaching him stuff like this is wine we drink this and he drinks and <laughs> wine, he's just like good, good. 
<laughs> yeah, so. it, it, it's great. And he teaches him how to smoke. He's like, no, fire, good. Smoking's good. And yeah. Frankenstein becomes a smoker after that. Yeah, he becomes addicted. Yeah, yeah. Wine and, <laughs> wine and cigarettes, man. Yeah, it, it's just a really nice scene. And uh, it's kind of like, it's just one thing I, I really enjoy watching. I go back to it from time to time. But um, mm-hmm. uh, one character we haven't talked about because um, Colin Clive has come back as uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Frankenstein, but uh, he has a new rival for another mad scientist, which is uh, Dr. Pretorius to play uh, direct uh, played by uh, Ernest. Um, I can't uh... think of how Bessiger? I that's how I read it, but I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. So uh, he uh, he plays Doctor Pretorius, and he's a really crazy scientist. Like he does, like they're like uh, just like just to show you, like you know, the other one was kind of like said in reality, but this one just to show you, like no, this one's crazy. He pulls out these tiny people in, in jars mm-hmm. and. It's like, oh, I made these people. I can only make tiny people. And it's just like these <laughs> little tiny people it, in jars. It's like a comedy bit because there's like a king and a queen. And the king is like obsessed with the queen and like breaks out of his bottle and tries to get in. And their little voices are like squeaky, sped up voices. It's really silly. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a scene, though, where Dr. Pretorius is just he's sitting like in this tomb because they're grave robbing because the Pretorius has kind of persuaded uh, Dr. Frankenstein to make a woman. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I really like the scene too, where Dr. Pretorius is like sitting in this tomb and like these skulls and coffins and he's just (laughs) sitting there like smoking and drinking like, ah, like, 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 like he's like in his domain. (laughs) Yeah. Like he's in his own element. And then the monster shows up and he's just, totally unbothered by he's like oh i thought i was alone yeah i know i love that like he's just like oh wow okay welcome yeah take a seat and uh, he smokes and he smokes with frankenstein in this tomb and then tells him his plan of making a woman so frankenstein of course is like woman friend for me <laughs> love it yeah he's on board so oh, yeah. um this this movie just has like a layer of campiness to it. It really does. It, it and it's it's really fun. Um, I think that's why I enjoyed it so much because like these horror movies, these classic ones, I think just having a little bit of levity just adds a whole lot of charm to it. And that's what this one is. I think it's just a very charming movie. The, the characters you sympathize with them a lot more because mm-hmm. you know Doctor Pretorius is the clear villain of the movie and uh the monster you know he's you sympathize with him a lot more Mm -hmm. you know he doesn't he really is just trying to like find his place in the world and somewhere where he can just find someone that isn't like terrified of him and he really does want a friend and 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 then then, um dr frankenstein he's mm -hmm. they're forcing him to do this and he's kind of over the whole like i don't want to play god anymore type of thing but they're basically forcing him to do this and threatening him and his and his uh fiance exactly to the point where they're kidnapped um another character that's added in this one is Minnie, uh played by um uh, una o'connor who is over the top but just really funny just screaming every time frankenstein is around and just uh just overall just being a really um 
know. It's, it, she's just a silly character. Well, yeah, oh, we didn't mention that in Dracula, that there's like, there's oh, also, yeah. there's like in Dracula, I forgot, there's like a comedic side character where it's just like yeah. one of the uh, mental institution orderlies is like, oh, you're a flock eater, are you? <laughs> yes, yeah, which is a great character. Yeah, but just, it was, just that added a little levity in there, but yeah, uh-huh. uh, she is just kind of like very like a squawking bird type of character. Mm-hmm. Like, and it, just, exactly, it's just like, and then eventually, I, I at one point she's like, "Well, if they don't want to listen to me about Frankenstein, well, then they can just die. I'm gonna leave. I'm out of here." Yeah, very very funny performance. Just like mm-hmm. like you wouldn't even think to like add like now if you put somebody in there in a movie like that, people would just be rolling their eyes. Oh, exactly. Yeah, it's definitely a a time and place kind of deal. It, it works with the time of the movie. Yeah. Um, but I, I, for me and my money, uh, this is actually one of my favorite movies of all time. I, yeah. uh, I very much enjoy it. Of, of the Universal horror movies, uh, it's probably my favorite. So, um, like I said, it's just a fun, fun movie to watch. It's actually one of my favorite movies to watch during October. So, um, very high, legitimate recommend for me. Oh yeah, this one. Like, if you're gonna watch a Universal monster movie. This is the one. I agree. I think this is the best one that they did. It, it just fits all the molds of what you'd want from a from a Universal monster flick, and uh, I just think it's fantastic all around. I, I I highly recommend this one. Now, full disclosure, that was the last movie we watched, but they did play two other <laughs> movies because yes. uh, we left after the third one just because it was already midnight at that point, mm-hmm. and. I uh, I was tired, and I don't think Nathan objected too hard to leaving early either. Nope, so, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the ones we did miss out on were uh, Wolfman and uh, versus Frankenstein uh, versus Frankenstein. So uh, that might be something to visit in the future. Who knows? But yeah, yeah, I um, I would love I would love to go back and do like Universal horror movie or something like that. So maybe maybe next year for Halloween we could do something like that. Yeah, no, I think this is a fun thing to do, um, especially if they show the Wolfman again. I actually had never seen Wolfman versus Frankenstein. So if they showed that again, I guess it would be fun to check that one out, too. Um, Yeah. But no, the Invisible Man. What was that guy dressed up for, huh? Well, you know, Invisible Man was directed by James Whale. So maybe he's just a big James Whale fan. (laughs) It should have been like, who's the director of the movie um, that you're wearing the costume for? He probably would know that, actually. I was about to say, if you're dressing up like that, like that level of commitment, you gotta know. It was a good outfit. Um, But no, I think overall it was a really good time. I think the drive-in experience was really fun. It was really nice to finally get out there and do that, because I know we've been talking about doing this for such a long time. Yeah, I've definitely had a great time over there. Um, I wish it wasn't so far away, but yes it was such a long drive that was part of the reason of uh leaving early it's like okay we we drove out a long ways to get here yeah we had an hour we had an hour drive back home and then uh, nathan had an additional hour drive <laughs> after that so mm-hmm. it was uh it, that's why we would have stayed if i if we both would have lived there uh and in the area where the drive-in was we would we probably would have stayed for both movies oh, yeah. but we probably would be going much more often <laughs> oh i'd be going all the time yeah yeah, yeah. but it's uh crazy get the drive-in a huge recommend go to your local drive-in right now 
yeah go to your local drive and give them some money they deserve it they well i, I guess i can only say that <laughs> um i don't know there could be some bad ones out there <laughs> i'll go anyway yeah true um but i i do think that wraps it up for this halloween edition yes mm-hmm. had a great time but what are we going to be talking about ryan well nathan we're getting back to regularly scheduled program but nathan tell answer this what's what's the number one thing people think about for the month of november for november thanksgiving giving thanks cold weather you know colored leaves no nathan it's obviously the number one thing on everyone's mind for november is romance course <laughs> yes november <laughs> is the romance month <laughs> yes exactly so i figured what better than to talk about one of the classic romance movies of the 1980s and we're going to be talking about 1986's mannequin that is <laughs> over on max right now <laughs> oh boy i'm I'm excited you know what i'm excited to talk about mannequin (laughs) uh if you have any thoughts and opinions about this please email us over at drive and double feature podcast at gmail.com don't forget to follow us on x and x us over at x at didf pod and once again check out the patreon at patreon.com slash drive and double feature podcast happy halloween nathan hey oh i I think you got some trick-or-treaters at your door. Oh, crap. Okay, got, got to turn on Fury really quickly. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Happy Halloween, Ryan. Happy Halloween. As you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thank you.